0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark.
1: And I'm Kerry Kermode. At the weekend, I popped along to St John's to the 73rd Annual Beekeepers Convention and Exhibition.
0: And I talked to Chris Hall, who's the man behind the new Viking Village project in the north of the Isle of Man, and found out the latest news of the development. <music> Firstly, Kerry, before we get into things, uh, a lot happening in the agricultural world. There's still a bit of unrest, and uh, with animals in particular, I suppose...
1: That's right. Uh, Routes to market here on the Isle of Man have uh, slowed up considerably with the bad weather for any people exporting the cattle or sheep off the island has uh, not played ball. And also uh, into Isle of Man meets it's uh, slowed up at the moment as they try and get on top of some of the staff shortages there. So a little bit of unrest, but uh, we're looking forward to the Christmas Prime Stock Show, which is uh, on the week. 21st of this month so that's something nice to look forward to and then it won't be long until christmas mart i suppose no
0: it won't be and uh we'll see if i can uh nip along and get a, a word with minister barbara about uh, the current situation uh, in the agricultural world here on the isle of man but firstly uh we spoke uh about few months ago now to Chris Hall who's behind the Viking project the village at the north of the Isle of Man at Sandygate uh, Kerry and I went along to catch up with him uh, to find out the latest news there and uh, well planning has now been passed must be great news
2: yes yeah indeed it was uh, it was uh, an eventful day Um, the planning committee and the planning officer they were all very supportive um, throughout the process and yeah we came out with with you know the planning for it so um yeah moving forward now I'm um, into the into the winter mundane things that need to be done to get it all in place so um the the name has now changed not the spirit of the project or anything like that but it's changed from the Sandygate Viking project to the Manx Viking project Sandygate um the reason behind that is really for uh, financial support and for sponsorship etc um it makes a lot more sense to have it Manx based. Uh, the last Manx project was over a thousand years ago, so I don't believe there's going to be any rush or anybody to say uh, I've got a monopoly which I haven't but uh, yeah so the Manx Viking project is the name of it going forward and hopefully that'll help us um, to get it going quicker.
0: It's, it's one of those things when when it was first mentioned um, I think every man's dog sort of went what a great idea let's get behind this and try and help out what we can. But a lot of things, as you've just mentioned, behind the scenes that need to be in place, is there?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of the uh, what I call the tedious tasks. I uh, still need to set up a business bank account, and I can't bring myself to ask for anything from the public until I've got a proper place to put any funds um, so everything's kept above board. As I keep stressing, it's a not-for-profit exercise. I'm not doing this to make money. Um, and there's all those things like insurance so I can't accept volunteers on the site until I've got liability insurance because if somebody breaks their arm and sues me then the whole project comes crashing down. so we've got to get all of these things in place and then hopefully by spring next year we'll be in a position where we can open up the doors and go right let's get this site built and you know get on with it
0: mm, And what's the what's the first thing on the agenda to get done
2: uh, We need to well we need to make sure that people can get onto the site and park up so they're not cluttering up the road etc so getting the entrance done getting the car park done and getting the storage yard done in the in the first field are of paramount importance at the moment we can't accept materials so the majority of the materials being used are going to be stone and wood so we're hoping to get people who may have a barn down or something like that that wants to say oh do you want to take this stone for your project or likewise a tree that's come down do you want to take this tree for your project we need to be able to get them onto the site and store them in such a way that they can be used for the building so those groundworks in the field need to be done so not only the volunteers have got somewhere to park um, but also we've got materials that we can actually use to build up
0: was it 2012 when you first uh, started the project I mean it's been a few years in in plan
2: yeah I mean the, the project's been in me head for a long time I first came up with the idea while sat not uh, at the LEN Uh, camping one weekend and it was okay so it would be a nice nice nice-ish place to do a Viking settlement at the land however it wasn't my land so I'd need to you know uh, bow down to requests from from landowners and things like that and maybe pay rent as well so the the whole idea went into a bane for a number of years and then it was only as I say 2019 2020 uh, when I was very fortunate to get the land that I've got and it came flooding back into my mind that this is you know the perfect place to do it so um, we're very fortunate in that term on the project is there's no profit but there's also no loss so the project will only move forward as fast as the island pulls together and and helps me with that uh, with donations and materials etc but if that doesn't happen as quickly as i expect then the project will still move forward It just won't move forward as quickly as i would want it to so there's no there's no debt incurred there's no loss incurred there's no rent being paid or anything like that so this project I'm hoping will remain organic and just grow as fast as the island wants it to grow
0: because I think um, you you mentioned beef in the past that you know you you planning permission for solar panels and and trying to be as self-sufficient as you can with 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 uh, utilities
2: Yes, certainly. Um, I'm in talks with Manx Telecom at the moment about my uh, about the four G connectivity. Um, we're going we've got solar at the moment. I've got a wind turbine to go up. Uh, I've got to speak to possibly speak to Manx Utilities about that about a telegraph pole to to put that on. That should pretty much cover our electricity needs all year round. Um, i've got a backup diesel generator don't like using it but in the winter when there's no sun and it rises very low over the mountains uh sometimes with a little bit of cloud you don't get any sun at all so i do have to pop the generator on once in a while i'm hoping once the wind turbines up that should negate the 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 need uh for the generator as a you know an ongoing thing um it is all about um environmental sustainability etc so um, again with that there are no electricity bills no, again it's a, it's another thing it's all bought and paid for all of that I've already paid for all of this so going forward all I'm looking for is help building the project I don't need help with anything else
0: and what sort of interest have you had from public um, with the willingness to help once once you get go ahead to do a bit more yeah we're very lucky
2: um i've got a couple of very very good um timber framers um so the guys at Derek designs um are very interested in helping with the construction of the project Uh, i've got another um woodworker based down at tramode um he's very interested in doing some wood carving towards it We've got stone masons we've got builders we've got you know electricians etc there is there's an awful lot of support and the emails are already starting to come in from the website now uh from volunteers people we've got somebody who's a traditional boat builder who's you know built um built boats all over the the country who wants to get involved um and there are there's, i think I've got, there's an actor that really wants to get involved in the reenactment side of it and things like that so i'm really hoping and hope really hope that the manx vikings um, are heavily involved in this as well, and it's a good base for them to to do their historical uh, reenactments.
0: Yeah, because it, it happens at, at Peel a lot of this sort of stuff with the um, you know the the fighting on the beach, the summer against winter, and things like that that's happened in the past. I mean, the, the, the space for that in the future, hopefully.
2: Yes, definitely. I mean, the the work that the Manx Vikings do at uh, Timwall Day and the things like the Fire Festival. um that I know they're all involved in, they're absolutely brilliant spectacles for the Isle of Man, and you know they're they're a, um, an asset. Um, and hopefully, the the main issue with all of that is they have to put it all up for the event, and then they'll have to take it all down again after the event and leave everything as they found it. This will be something that is there all the time, 365 days a year, that they can use and they can move into, um, you know, and everybody can benefit from that. And there's nothing better than a than a permanent backdrop to something, especially historical. Um, you know, so it'll help everybody and educate people as well.
0: And these, um, I was away in the Czech Republic not long ago, and they had a a village that was put back to medieval times, and they were doing the falconry and the the, the making of tools by hand. You know, the way that they were done years and years ago and um, The way they were dressed and the way they were camping on the site—it was—it was tremendous. And so many people were interested in keeping that sort of um, or being part of it, really.
2: Yeah, I mean that that that, that I call it an immersive experience. when you step into a into something like that, you can honestly, you can f- hear, you know, you can hear, you can smell, you can see, and you, it gives you that sense that you've gone back in time. And that's what I'm trying to recreate. At Kattegat with this Viking project is somewhere that people can not only escape the location but also their era and you know immerse themselves in something else even for a few hours and I think it's going to be very therapeutic to people
0: if anyone wants to get involved or help with the project you'll find out a bit more Chris yes
2: yeah, so we've got uh, the Facebook page which is the Manx Viking project uh, we've got the website which is manxvikingproject.com um, I've got also got a YouTube channel, uh, which you can find on the Max Viking Project. So um, on the website, there are uh, under the "How can you help?" section, uh, there are sections there for sponsors, for donations, and for volunteers, and there's contact forms on all of those. So then get in touch via that. Um, I am. Quite inundated. I've had to take my mobile number off the the website and off the Facebook page because I was getting quite a t- quite a few telephone calls from people, um, and it was just a bit a little bit overwhelming for a while. So I prefer via the email because then that way we've got a list sat there. We can put them all into a into a spreadsheet sort of thing with people's skill sets and what the you know, and then we'll be back in touch with everybody in the spring hopefully and start this rolling.
0: Chris Hall from the Manx Viking Project, Sandygate. Uh, the new name for it that it's under there and uh, so enthusiastic and seems like he's got a lot of people who have support in this, Kiri, isn't it?
1: It really is wonderful for the island, isn't it? Our history and heritage there in a nutshell, the Vikings and, and what a lovely place it will be once all of it's all done out and uh, the passion really coming through. He's he's just an unbelievable guy, isn't he?
0: Yeah, Yes, he and uh, you know, he just, if you, you know, like I say, if you um, want to get involved in that, just help out, just the skills side of it they need and um, just mentioning there, the the great thing about it, hopefully, to be self sufficient with uh, some wind turbine there and some solar panels, so uh, be all great for everything. It'd be uh, like a holiday back in time, wouldn't it?
1: Wouldn't it just?
0: You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kerry Kermod and myself, Simon Clark. Well. Um, it's sort of time where the bees are stopping flying and getting sort of stacked up for the winter with some food because uh, you've got to give them a bit of nutrition to keep them going but you found out more about all of it didn't you?
1: Yes I did on Saturday I popped along to the Isle of Man Beekeepers Federation a convention and exhibition of honey and confectionery. I caught up with the guest on the day Dawn Colley from the education, uh, who is an education officer from the Mike's Wildlife Trust the visiting judge Peter Lewis from uh, Yorkshire, and also Roger Putman from the Isle of Man beekeepers, the president. Well, Peter Lewis, judge for this year's uh, Honey Show, how have you found it?
3: Fabulous, great show, Um, super level of uh, entrance, 141 in total, across 40-something classes. Goodness! (laughs) Quite a few. Um, Standards, excellent. Very good quality across the board, which is very nice to see.
1: This isn't your first trip to the Isle of Man either?
3: No, it's not, it's a kind return, um, some people say I've come back to apologise, but <laughs> um, um, no, it's a kind return, you usually find, you know, if you do a job well, people are kind enough to invite you back, and I like to feel perhaps I didn't do so badly after all the first time round.
1: Well today I think there's some very happy exhibitors, and in particular, Brian Lords. now he went away with quite a lot of silverware, you clearly liked his honey, what stood out with that?
3: Um, I think across the board, Brian's obviously quite an accomplished beekeeper and preparer of exhibits. Um, he is producing some very nice honeys, which apparently his main apiaries are over towards the west coast, or west side of the island at least. Um, he does get hints of uh, heather honey coming through, which you can pick up in the flavours now and again. Um, he, he produces from his honey some honey wines, meads. And again, in those, I said to him last night, I didn't know, of course, who all his entries were, but after the results, I, I, I picked up and I said, oh, I'm getting heather in this. And I asked him afterwards, you know, is there heather in it? And he said, oh, yes, the bees do get some heather in there. So it's coming through, and that's what distinguishes and separates. You know, you can, you can pick that up, and judges are a bit bit of a sucker for fooling for things with Heather in, because it <laughs> gives a little bit of a distinctive note.
1: I see, I see. And now you're obviously a distinguished judge, you've been asked to, to 12 appointments this season alone, uh, Peter. Now, does the Isle of Man stand up there against those other competitions?
3: Oh yes, more, more than more than enough. Very good standard. Um, you tend to find everywhere's got a distinctive taste, and there's, a, there's an Isle of Man taste, which we'll hopefully get to look at a bit closer, because it'll be linked to the pollen and the floral types. Um, I'm hoping some of the audience, when I give a talk shortly, will be able to chip in with what they think the main uh, flowers contributing to the honeys are, um, because that tends to give a uniqueness and a character to defining areas specifically.
1: Yeah, I see. Now the island's got an awful lot of gorse. Um, I right. didn't think the, the, the bees were particularly keen on it, but they really are, apparently.
3: Oh, yes. gorse is a good fodder crop, so mm-hmm. and early season, quite often, were mm-hmm. quite important, so that could well be what's coming through. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Um, I also noticed, uh, I gather there is on the north, some, some brassica canola growing um, which gives a very distinctive early honey crop but it does taste a bit cabbage to oh, my mind see. so it's not my preference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the, your good lady was here today also as uh, Charlotte, she was judging the confectionery side yes. of things, all to do with honey again.
3: Yes, all, all the ingredients, baking and preserves have got honey as a key part of the ingredient so when you're judging those, those categories, you're also looking to be able to pick up the honey flavours. And again, it's where a good, strong-flavoured honey tends to stand you in good stead. So again, favours Heather honey. Oh, well, uh. I never.
1: And you, from, from the Yorkshire area, obviously I've seen your exhibits and your pavilion at the Great Yorkshire Show on my visits. How do you find um, beekeepers generally in Great Britain? Are they doing a good job?
3: Overall, yes, they're battling. It's not easy. I mean, environmental concerns are bringing a lot of pressures onto the bees and all wildlife generally. We've heard a talk here this afternoon from the Isle of Man uh, Wildlife Trust highlighting the same. Um, Pollinators are very important. Everybody's aware of that. and I think trying to do their best to optimise the beekeeping conditions. You know, it's all about whether you're a farmer of, of livestock or keeping bees, animal husbandry is important and you care about the animals in your charge um, and bees are no less the same as all other. Um,
1: and are you getting quite a number of young people coming into to beekeeping?
3: you are it's a difficult one because it's quite time demanding and there's a lot of pressures on the young um, we'd like to see quite often youngsters starting because they tend to come back to it later yes, on yes. which is a great thing um it is a demanding thing you know you can't just do it casually um, bees are for life they're not just for christmas
1: roger you're the president of the isle of man beekeepers association you must be very proud of today the 73rd Honey show yeah, it's been a
4: superb um, display. We've had the most interest we've had for several years, all 141 uh, of them, which is a small increase on the last few years. And according to Peter, our judge, the standard uh, was, as ever, very high.
1: And that must be great news for your beekeepers. But a celebration of the harvest of this year's honey. How has it been for the bees? Pretty good. There's
4: plenty of um, honey on sale over the island, and you can choose from the north end uh, right down to my honey in Port Erin. Uh, uh, it's a good, good choice, or good quality.
1: And you're saying about the quality, we've seen it on display in this hall today. The 12 jars, like you say, are right across the Isle of Man, so beautifully displayed, and so much time has gone into the effort.
4: Yes, very much so. This is a major highlight of the beekeeping year, so so people try um, make sure that the Um, honey is well filtered uh, to make sure there are no bees legs and bee bodies in it which (laughs) does tend to um, turn the the public off a bit Um, so again generally very very high standard everyone has worked very hard
1: and lots of exhibitors too
4: uh, roger right across the board Yes, we could have done with a few more entries in the confectionery area and the, what we call the hive products, the, the cough mixture and things. So what we'll do is to encourage uh, more entries in that area next year. So we try to learn from one year to the next.
1: And each year, I know that Silla Plata in previous years has held teaching courses for, for young beekeepers, newcomers to come along and have a try. How's that been going? Well every year we uh,
4: invite up to 40 people to come along, um, so far we've got um, I think 38 and they'll start uh, next uh, April and they'll do seven indoor sessions on a dark um, evening in Douglas and then they'll go up the training apiary um, either in the north in Bride at Glentruan or the Morown apiary in Crosby uh, for Uh, four or five um, afternoons uh, getting stung and generally uh, (laughs) enjoying um, opening the hives. Well
1: Dawn, a different day out for you today with the uh, Isle of Man Beekeepers Federation but a lovely talk done on Wildlife Trust.
5: Well, I hope it was very entertaining for people. I know they're very aware of what bees are, but I thought maybe with bumblebees and our solitary bees and mining bees, there's so many different sorts out there that it was really hard to sort of like cover the whole lot. But what a stunning show! (laughs) My goodness, guys, get down here because that honey is amazing. It really is. And it must be quite difficult
1: for you to talk to beekeepers. You know, Some of them are quite senior, very professional and seriously competitive. But you pointed out... On one on, in your talk there, Dawn,
5: seventy-six different bee species. I really just did think there was just one or two. It's just absolutely amazing, and they come in different colours. They come tiny, big, fat bumblebees covered in fluff, not covered in fluff. They are absolutely amazing, and they are so captivating when you start looking for them.
1: And how is it on the Isle of Man? How is our our birds and bees doing?
5: The bird birds are um, like everywhere else. Really, they're struggling. Um, loss of habitat and things like that Um, but we think on the Isle of Man we're not being hit as hard as in the UK because obviously they've got very very intensive farming there they use a lot more insecticides which isn't really used not in in an agricultural sense on the island so um, our invertebrates are doing a lot lot better but that doesn't mean we can be complacent because you know I mean it, it is affecting everyone with climatic change we just don't know what's going to happen next.
1: And obviously, more recently, you've been working a lot with the agricultural sector...
5: Yes, we've got um, in charge of the um, Agri-Environment Scheme, um, my colleague David Bellamy is in charge of that, absolutely wonderful and the farmers are doing a good job, you know it's so easy to slam them but they're trying really hard to get on board and I think everyone realises the, the significance of pollinators and that we all are trying to get there and it's just wonderful the way they've come on board, I mean we saw those fabulous pictures of those meadows which are just stunning. They're doing a really good job. And that is really lovely to hear because it is hard to get
1: a balance. You're trying to make a living out of the farmland, but obviously nature is so important too.
5: Exactly. And, you know, um, they do take like a double hit, really, because if they set aside land for wildlife, they are actually losing some of their profit and income.
1: There we go. That was Dawn Colley from the Manx Wildlife Trust, visiting Judge Peter Lewis and the President of the Isle of Man Beekeepers, Roger Putman
0: such a following there wasn't
1: there as really well? brilliant it yeah. was a really lovely day out and uh, everybody getting involved young and old and the ke- the cake was absolutely amazing
0: and it's something that uh, over recent time i know it i think it's something even from the medieval days of honey because it was so natural for people to get a hold of wasn't it yet today with the uh, manuka Honey, is it that it's it called? All the, the, the healing health properties? Benefits, it benefits
1: yeah. from it all. It's wonderful. And the displays of all the different types of shoe polish, there was cough medicine, lip balms, all these things can be made from honey and uh, everything to do with the bees. But uh, Dawn Collie saying how important they are to nature and everything to do with agriculture and the world generally. Uh, they're special, so so special and it was really lovely to have the visiting George Peter Lewis say how great the islands beekeepers are doing and uh, just just a really lovely day out so next year you should get entering, you've got bees haven't you?
0: We have yes, you never know, never. you never know what's this space. Okay if you've got anything for countryside uh, drop a line to Kiri Kummer or Simon Clark here at Manx Radio or drop us an email countryside at manxradio.com or you can listen to the programme at your leisure on Manx Radio's website powered by Milli Chaps of Ramsey just go to the podcast feature or listen again and you can download the previous episodes of Countryside as well so until next week from me Simon Clark,
1: and me Kiri Kermode we'll see you then bye bye